just just think of me as your fajita plate okay (laughs) (laughs) you sizzle baby (laughs) i that's what i do were the golden age of movies was going to the video store the highlight of your week then you are in the right place welcome to mike and anthony soda pop culture club me mike along with my co-host anthony now nah, you pretty much want to nail them too <laughs> yeah i'll have what he's having uh bring our take on tv movies and all pop culture from the 80s 90s and beyond we release our take on a classic movie every monday during our review, we will open up a six-pack of favorite scenes and point out a couple of generic scenes as well. At the end of the show, we'll rate the show 1 to 24 cans. One, meaning it's not so good. Maybe you got a flat can. I don't know. Wasn't so great. What do you think, Anthony? Just horrible? This bad? Is that a one? Uh, we've never had a one. So I'm I don't just, know. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, Tokyo Drift was a three for me. So that's my, that's that's close. my, that's my floor right now. So if uh, we can okay. ever find something worse than Tokyo Drift... That's going to be interesting. All right. And we're looking for bad people. Probably my last, bad. Okay. my last episode ever. If I find something I have to watch worse than Tokyo Drift. <laughs> and 24 cans. That's the highest. That means you have enough and probably are the life of the party. You're supplying it. You're, you're the best. So that let's, means uh, let's get in. It's a Christmas story. <laughs> There's our range. Tokyo Drift, a Christmas story. That's my only 24 I've given out up to date. <laughs> He has a broad range. But before we get to all that, I'll get to all the scoring. We want to let you know, if you want to see our episode schedule and enjoy all things Soda Pop Culture Club, then go to sodapopcultureclub.com where you can make your own movie suggestions. If you want to guarantee we do your movie, all you have to do is make a donation of $25 using our Venmo or PayPal and make sure you say what it is for. We strongly encourage you to email us as well, letting us know why you want us to do it. And you can email us at Mike and Anthony at sodapopcultureclub.com. A couple more things. Don't forget to share the show with your friends and check out our Instagram at Mike and Anthony, where we post memes related to the movies we discuss. And sometimes they are funny, but mostly they're lame because I make them. Exactly. And finally, I want to urge you to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review because this helps us grow the show. Anthony, do your thing. I'll do my thing. Da, 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 da. <laughs> All right. Today, we're taking a look at a uh, classic rom-com. Focusing on one of the longest fucking developing relationships in the history of the world. Yeah. Let's break it down here. Directed by Rob Reiner, starring Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan, Carrie Fisher, and Bruno Kirby. When Harry Met Sally was released on July 21st, 1989, taking in $92.8 million at the box office against a pussy little $16 million budget. It scores a 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb and a hefty 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, Mike's got a fact here. This brought in almost 100 mil which is pretty damn good considering what it went up against in the theaters. That's correct. The fact we have here is the film was up against a number of summer blockbusters, including Batman, Ghostbusters 2, License to Kill, the Bond movie, and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, It opened on only 41 screens 
the week it opened, but it did its nationwide release on the date he's talking about. It actually uh, did a, a soft open. Is that what they call that? I don't know what the hell they call it. On July 12th. But as they say, the bet rest is rom-com history as to how it went. Of course. But we talked about it. So, and that's, I feel like it's one of those things where the wife makes the husband go see when Harry met Sally. And then she agrees to go with the husband on his ninth trip to see Batman. Since yes, everybody I saw agree. Batman nine fucking times in the theater. <laughs> and bought the album. Um, I had Batman's soundtrack. Who didn't, you know, I even remember um, there was a scene in Doogie Hauser where Doogie's talking to his dad. And he's like, once they want to go to the movies, like Batman again. And Doogie's like, it's good. <laughs> it is good. It is good. So, um, and we're going to do that by the way, maybe we'll see. Hey, um, I've got something new we're going to do. Yay. I just rhymed and, um, we're going to get to that. I'm going to hit the little thing and then I'll let people know what it is. All right. All right. This is Anthony's new game. It's called guess the fake review. So I'm going to read three reviews. A uh, mix of positive and negative, and you're supposed to find out which one I wrote. <laughs> so, oh, are you, you? So you? Okay. Okay. Are you ready for this? Uh, no, but go ahead. This one is by Joe Blow from Joe Blow's Movie Network. The script is an excellent breakdown of timeless conversations between the sexes, witty repartee between the two leads, and a beautifully constructed love story that is carefully assembled over time and gently eases you into the wonder of. Love. There you go. This is by William Beeman of the Miami Herald. Much like Meg Ryan's performance in the diner, this movie is an explosion of chemistry, a true Nora Ephron treasure. And this one is Ken Hankey of the Mountain Express. Much valued in some corners, but found downright painful in this one. So that's obviously negative. Bad one. <laughs> Which one do you think is the fake? Um, if I got a guess, I'm just going to go with my initial reaction that if you have uh, Steeman Willie Beeman doing reviews, that that's the fake one. Fuck you! You got it, you asshole! <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think I'd pay attention, God. did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, but that was a good review. Uh, that had to throw you off a little because it was actually well written. Okay, started off well. <laughs> Anthony one, Mike zero. I'll get you. I'll get you in the end. <laughs> you know you won't. Ah, that's not my fantasy. Oh, so, uh, so yeah, that was Stephen Willie Beeman. I thought by putting William Beeman on there. <laughs> yeah, I know you thought. That. I think I might have. If I'd have, if I'd have put it Billy Beeman, would you've gotten it then? Probably. Oh I'm man, gifted. Whatever. Here's <laughs> something. I'll get you. See, I was thinking maybe this game will be like it's going to be hard for you to guess, but maybe it's going to be easy for you to guess. It's going to be hard for me <laughs> to fake you to out. Fake me out. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, well, that sucked. I wanted to win that game. All right, are you ready for this? Let's do it. All right, in 1977, Harry Burns and Sally Albright graduate from the University of Chicago and share the drive to New York City. Harry has been dating Sally's friend, Amanda. During the drive, Harry and Sally discuss their differing ideas about relationships. Sally disagrees with Harry's assertion that men and women cannot be friends as the sex part gets in the way. 
At a diner, Harry tells Sally she is very attracted and she angrily accuses him of making a pass at her. They part in New York on unfriendly terms. There we go. But with a bang, it started. So what is your thoughts on what happened there? Well, let's back up real quick. Because before that, we had yeah. the opening um, the opening interview with the couple. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't put that in the summations here. So Two weeks later, we were married. Holy shit. Hey, man. You know, Vegas has people getting married like same day. So I'm not going to. I can't judge. <laughs> you know, I took so, I took a little longer, a couple um, years, you know, but yeah. My my first my initial reaction to the whole opening thing was just were we really supposed to believe that Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal were in college? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Come they're, on. they're uh 21, 22 years old in that is Bullshit. what they're supposed to be. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's funny because hey, like, man. You know, here's the thing, like you watch all these um like high school movies and things like that, and it's always like they will put people almost pushing thirty in as a high school oh, character, yeah. and it's more believable than them two being in college. <laughs> it's like yeah, you're right. It is. It's it's very much like that. Uh, they're very. Um, I don't know. When I was younger, and I watched this movie, and I have a comment about this later on in the movie, but um, you're right. When you look at them, you just could tell. Because uh, you know what's close to your age, and you know what looks older than you, or what you know what I mean. And I think yeah. uh, you're right. It was weird. What I thought was, um, I thought maybe you would, and I think this throughout the movie, I'm wondering what your feelings on the kissing scenes are going to be, because you had, because you really hated the kissing scenes in Cry Baby, and I just wonder in this movie if it got to you, because because uh, he's like really digging in in the beginning here. Yeah. Um. You know. So there's a. Uh... The other thing with the grapes, I wanted to bring that up. Oh, because you hate. No, 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 no. It's because no. I'm watching that and I'm like, do people still eat grapes with seeds? Do they even produce oh. grapes with seeds? You know, I don't seeds know. Um, no, because they probably are. But it's, I'm thinking in our supermarkets because of what our Americanized taste is. Right. I don't think we get it. But I'm sure there are places. But when they, back then they did, right? So it made sense to it's when he weird. was eating them. Watching but, it, I'm like, yeah, who the hell eats grapes with seeds anymore? But you know what I was thinking? How much you probably hated the fact you spit it on the windshield? I mean, that's that oh. probably pissed you off a little. Oh, it, it did. It would have, but I think you hated it because <laughs> he spit and didn't swallow. That's what bummed you out. <laughs> um, the uh, I was going to say too the the thing about the whole opening, the, the whole drive. Like after seeing the like they could have done, I would have watched a whole sequel just based on conversations in that car for the rest of the ride. Because like there's 18 hours of conversation, and we only got about that we didn't get 10 minutes of it. I'm like, I want to know the rest of the conversation in that drive. I would agree. You know what it reminds me of when you um, when you think of that type of movie, it reminds me of I don't know if you've ever watched Before Sunset, yeah, like where it's nothing but conversation. And a lot of people don't like those movies, but. I could I could sit and watch forever. You yeah, could make three sequels of just the drive. If it's well written and well done, then yes. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I want to go into one thing before we go any further. Uh, Meg Ryan just wanted to say this was her first. It's a fact. This was her first leading role. And here's the thing. And I found this very interesting because we've done the movie um, Pretty Woman, right? Yes. So here's the thing. She uh, for this. This was her first thing. Well, she would have been Shelby in Steel Magnolias, but she turned down the part to play Sally instead. Another up-and-coming actress named Julia Roberts took her place, 
obviously in Steel Magnolias, yeah. and later starred in Pretty Woman, another part Meg Ryan turned down. Think about that. If she would have been in both Pretty Woman and When Harry Met Sally, like the two most iconic, what people yeah. would call rom-coms of so all time. But, we like, could I don't even know. Potentially seen Meg Ryan with epilepsy and also as a hooker. Instead, it was Julia Roberts. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, although I can't picture Meg Ryan as a hooker, so not the saying that I could oh, have I pictured Julia Roberts prior to her being a hooker. I bet, I bet you have pictured Meg Ryan as a hooker. Don't lie. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, in Addicted to Love, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, she does get a little bit, you know, angry and wears leather and stuff. Well, there you go. So let's get into, we know why we love this movie, and, I, and I'm just going to throw it out here. I want to I want to hit it right now. Um, what I want to go into one of what I call my six pack, and it might be one of your six pack. Uh, so I'm going to hit it right now. And that's this diner scene in this section where they talk about her not having had great sex yet. And men and women can't be friends. I love those two things about this diner yeah. scene. The men, the, the haven't had great sex yet. His whole comment, his whole thing about Sheldon, give it to me, Sheldon. I just thought, oh man, is it really in a name? I, I, I don't well, know. Here, here's the thing. Um, the two Sheldons I know is the Sheldon they mentioned in this movie and the one from Big Bang Theory. Neither of those oh, strike yeah. me as amazing lovers. <laughs> so You're right. There's never anything in the movies with a guy named Sheldon who can give it to you. That's <laughs> <laughs> and and then Wow, that's um, a t shirt right there. Save that. Yeah. There's never anything uh, but the movie, reason they... there's never a guy named Sheldon that can give it to you. Wow. I can give it to you. You want to make a t-shirt? We'll make that. Wow. The thing. We might have to. Uh, and hopefully there's a guy named Sheldon that listens and then he buys it. And that's all ironic. Um, uh, the, but the, the reason they broke up, do you remember why, why she broke up with Sheldon? She said the reason because, I broke up with them because of the days of the week underwear. Yeah. And she was missing a pair Sunday because of God. <laughs> yeah. That's so weird. And they never, I, like they I, never, I, they never did it on the cold ceramic Spanish tile either. That was Joe, not him. Huh? That's later on. Oh, yeah. That's Joe later on. It gets so <laughs> <You're>, he's, he, <laughs> he's, he's just jumping ahead. <laughs> so, the, like I said, one of my six-pack, men and women can't be friends. The question is, asked, is, is put out there early in this movie. Can men and women be friends? How do you feel about that? Well, you're pretty much a chick, so... You're close, oh, well, you're close to a, girl, yeah. to a guy, so I say, yeah, you can be friends with girls. But was Harry right? Do you pretty uh, much want to nail me, too? No, I don't at all. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just um, going to say. What? Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I I agree to to a degree with that. I totally do. Okay. I think it's hard for men and women to be friends. And I think that's in a heteronormal relationship. Actually, I'm sure in other, the way we are now, the eighties were so what we call black and white as to how they looked at relationships. Yeah. We were only allowed to look at straight wow. relationships and things like right. that. I think in a heteronormal relationship, I could see that, you know, an attractive man who's hetero with attractive woman who's hetero, you know, it would get in the way, especially with guys We're we think with our dicks usually. So I could see that the woman on her end might, like like Sally said, oh, I have all, all kinds of friends, and he's like, no, you don't. Right. You have guys who you think you're friends, but want to sleep with you. Yeah, <laughs> it's like like uh, it's like no, you don't have any friends. <laughs> None of them. 
none of them. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where I I kind of agree, kind of All agree. Right. All right. And throughout this movie, I think this will be tested. So I think uh, we'll we'll pay attention to that. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So five years later, uh, fast forward, it's 1982. Harry and Sally find themselves on the same airplane. Sally is dating Harry's neighbor, Jill. And Harry is engaged to Helen, which surprises Sally. Harry suggests they become friends, forcing him to uh, qualify his previous position about the impossibility of male-female relationships. They separate concluding that they will not be friends. So, so yeah, um, this section you just read, yeah. it's not much there. It literally is just what's on the plane, but there are some funny things well, that lead up to that, right? There is. Like, um, I got to point one thing out. First, we've got yeah. her, you know, her high-maintenance thing, ordering the Bloody Mary. Oh, yeah. But here's my, here's my thing. It, it does bother me. Not, not the order, but I, I don't like scenes filmed in airplanes. Because you cannot fucking have a conversation that clearly in an airplane. There's the cabin pressure. You can't hear. No, you no, can't hear right. shit. I hate when they film in airplanes and it's like you're in a living room. Yeah, I would agree. I wish it was more realistic. Well, it depends on where you are. If they're in a higher class, you know, the people who are more forward on the plane, yes. the, the noise is less because the engines right. are towards the back. So Ew. you're you're poor like me. So you probably yeah, are always like, flying oh, above the engine. <laughs> there. They're sometimes, in much nicer seats. Sometimes I, I can't get a seat. I'm just in the cargo bay. Yes. Yeah. So, but before they get on the plane, one of my favorite things is they're out there and she's like, oh, I'm glad he didn't recognize me. He was going with my good friend and she couldn't remember her fucking name. Yeah. And then when they get on the fucking plane and she's like, and he's like uh, trying to remember her name. She's like, oh, you don't even remember her name. Right. That's what I said. <laughs> like, that's why I said. Bryce, Reese. Yeah. That's what I said. You were going to be a gymnast. Or journals. Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> oh man, I love that. But no, he's uh, just a nice little little section there. I mean, you, you. The funny thing about that is, it's really literally just a plane ride. But they obviously established enough of a connection to again later on want to get into that. So I'll go to the next one now. So all right, I'll get to that for you. All right. In 1987, Harry and Sally run into each other again in a bookstore, ironically, five years later. They have coffee and talk about their previous relationship. Sally and Joe broke up because she wanted a family, and Joe did not want to marry, and Harry's wife, Helen, left him for another man. A tax attorney, I think. Uh, They take a walk and agree to pursue a friendship. They have a late-night phone conversation, go to dinner, and spend time together discussing their love lives. So, yeah. so in this section, there's a lot that happens. So now it's now they're bonding over their own misery. Yeah, it's like they have something in common now, but not. But it doesn't have anything to do with each other. It's things outside of each other. It's not. I guess that makes it easy. Yeah, <laughs> like like they can hate on other people together. That's you know, misery loves company, right? Isn't that what that is? Like, misery loves company. Totally. That's all it comes down that's to. Why, that's why we do the show together. <laughs> um, oh, yes. So uh, I got to say, um, now this, so uh, now we had um, within this, uh, this is when um, Sally was at dinner or at lunch with Carrie Fisher, right? And yes. Friends. So they talk oh. about, and that's where she says, uh, and they're like, you have the best relationship. And that's when she breaks the, yes. the news. Now yeah. I've got a six pack right here. Oh, 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 he's got one. Here we go. 
Uh, Carrie Fisher carrying around a Rolodex with eligible bachelors. That <laughs> is fucking amazing. And, and I, why does she dog ear them? Is that, that when they get married? Yes, if they're married or <laughs> if there are any red flags, I guess. But like, I mean, like, I, if I was starting a band, Carrie Fisher's Rolodex would be top five for one for the name. That that would be up there. Ooh, Carrie Fisher's Rolodex. That is good. I know. That is, that's... That's, like, that's a damn good band name. People, he's he's coming up with a great band name. That's obscure shit right He's there. coming up with them. I got to, I'm another, sorry. Th- I got to double up here, though. I actually do have to double up. I have another six-pack for me. There um, he goes. When uh, Harry is at the game talking about his yes. whole discussion. Oh, yeah. All right, the game. Did yeah. you see who was playing? Who scored was- the touchdown? I didn't. Was it Icky Woods or something? No, dude. It was Phil Sims to Mark Bavaro. Mark Bavaro. Oh yeah, yeah. Because like, it was a Giants game. I know, but again, this is like any time that you have sports in a movie where it's authentic, like that. Oh yeah, that was authentic. That was because you actually see the names. Did so they not- win the Super Bowl in '86? And then '87, it was the Redskins yeah. with Mark Rippin. I thought. I don't know. Uh, maybe um yeah he uh but he won it mark bavaro that connection was like you're right there's classics there's some classic you know connections that's one of them like when i think of phil sims mark bavaro is the other guy i think of um that's pretty that's pretty cool you're right it is nice to have authentic things going on mark i really yeah you think of because that's like the only guy he had to throw to yeah it's so true they were a running Um, football team damn it And I want to say, you say you love movies in New York, right? I do. And in this one, uh, there's a scene where they're walking and you get, it's the classic scene on the cover of the movie where they're walking and they're talking about their sex fantasies. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that happens during this time. So so you, I, I just think that above and beyond what they're saying, which is funny, I, you know, when she gives out her sex fantasy, but the but the visual when you look at it when they have it all wide like that and you see all the colors and everything just a beautifully shot film I'm just gonna say I got it uh, uh, there are some shots in it that make you happy I gotta tell you uh, just because you mentioned sex fantasies and it just it just reminded me of this thank you uh, I I know no, I'm in no, yours Go I'm, not ahead. Going, I'm not going down that road but um many years ago I was at a uh, uh, Christmas party it was like a bunch of okay. like twenty year olds giving so it was like a uh, what the um what is it the white Elephant. White elephant. So one of the gifts that a guy got, I mean, I'm talking like there's people like some dude got like three bottles of Mad Dog. <laughs> there's like, you know. Oh, right. So this one guy got a basket <laughs> with a box of tissues, lotion, and when Harry met Sally DVD. <laughs> <laughs> and a candle or some shit. It's like this is that that is epic. That's classic. I That's love a that. Classic white elephant I, gift right there. It is. That is great. But her sex fantasy just rips my clothes off. Yeah. And that's it. It varies it sometimes. What she's what he's wearing. What she's wearing. (laughs) So I'm gonna go we're gonna go because this is actually the the biggest thing in this is the one of my six pack, and I'm sure one of yours, so we'll just hit it now. Maybe. Oh no! Oh my god, soda overload. Sweet Jesus. Try one more time. There you go. Hit it. I hit. I don't know why it does that. Sometimes it does an infinity loop. 
I feel like I'm in Avengers. What we're going into is uh, obviously the diner scene happens here when they have the diner scene. And I want to go into a fact before we get into that. For the infamous, or I don't know why they call it infamous in this thing, this fact I found, but I think it's the famous. For the famous orgasm scene, the original script called for Harry and Sally to merely talk about women faking an orgasm until Meg Ryan suggested that Sally actually fake an orgasm at the table. Director Rob Reiner loved the idea and put it in the script. Now, because of this, and I always say you reap what you sow, Meg Ryan had to go through her fake orgasm repeatedly as the scene was shot over and over. And as we all know, at the end of it, you know who says the famous line, don't you? Yeah, it's uh, Rob Reiner's. Her, her his mom. Yeah, yeah. Mom, yeah. yeah. I'll have what she's having. But according to writer Nora Ephron, the person who wrote this, the infamous I'll have what she's having line was actually suggested by Billy Crystal. Genius. I'm just saying when you have the right people in the right place, magic happens. And when you actually, uh, when directors listen to the actors and get their feedback, that's what can happen. Yes. I love those stories. That scene, you know, that it's like how, how they, how it came about. That scene is extremely famous. extremely awesome. But I've got one more thing here. I want to actually point out my generic now. How's that sound? Do it. And it's the same fucking scene. And here's why. I love it, but I hate it because there's no world where I would have been sitting there and all of a sudden Meg Ryan explodes into what is an orgasm in front of me right after I had to talk about fake orgasms and not know that it's not a fucking fake orgasm. Okay? I would know and I'd be like, and I'd be like, come on. I get it. Okay? You know, I wouldn't be like, Harry, like, what's wrong with you? Like, no, you wouldn't do that. You'd be like, you fucking faked it. Dude. You would, of course, you would assume that because you've never heard a real one in your life. So I, I get it. You're like, like, it's fake. It's fake. They're all fake. They're all fucking fake, man. There's no such thing as a real I would... orgasm. I can tell you, I got proof. <laughs> oh, I hear the fake ones. Uh, yeah, but that's what I'm saying, though. It, it's not. It, it's it's generic because of that. It's a classic scene, so it's 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 like one of those things. I love it and hate it. I've have scenes like this yeah. before. Where it's so classic, I love it, but then there's that one little part that makes me go, fuck you. (laughs) That's it, and that's Uh, what it is. That one right there. Um, Love it. Uh, um, That's your don't fuck with Mr. Zero part in it, right? Yeah, and what is it with, and here's the other thing. What is it with Harry and sex conversations in diners? Like, every time they sit in a diner, like the first, they, they sat in a diner three times in this, and I think every time they had a sex conversation. Yeah. Like, is it the blue plate special? And, it's all and Harry wants, that's all Harry wants to talk about. Yeah, well, and death. I mean, he's, he's goes sex both and, ways. Sex and death. Sex and death. Um, <laughs> you made a woman meow? Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I got, there's one other thing. Uh, so when Harry and Sally are uh, hanging out and everything, oh, God, Sally checking her mail before she puts it in the mailbox. Oh, gosh. Well, that's, I, I, I just, I, I love that because that's me. But like, you know, one hundred percent me. That's I. That's that. That is I'm Sally in this movie. Like, I know you are. You are a bitch. No, oh, fuck you. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no. I, I'm up. just. I'm just playing. Go I'm look playing. up real orgasms. No, I'm not going to say anything. But, uh, but no, you. Um, you know what? That reminds me of too. It reminds me of that thing you do. 
Liv Tyler does the thing where she puts the stamps on and then makes sure she gets them all in there. And then she has to hurry up when the song comes on the radio. I bet that made you nervous. <laughs> no, actually, it really didn't. It did? Okay. I'm surprised because she was doing the same thing until she was like. Now that you point it out that way, it probably will from now on. <laughs> now, also in this, we get their late night conversations, and that's where they really get into the high maintenance, low maintenance conversation. And that is one of my. I'm going to have an eight pack, it feels like today. Jesus, no kidding. Um, because it, it's so good. I think this brought it to the forefront in our culture. Like, I never really, me personally, I didn't know what high maintenance, low maintenance was. I mean, you know it because you know those those people, but you know what to put it, how to label it. And when you watch this movie, it's like they labeled it so well for you. You knew, oh, that person who's always so fucking weird with their orders and like always making everything so hard, that's the high maintenance person. They can't just order a hamburger and go on. It's got to be hamburger without pickles. You know what? It's kind of funny you say that though, because, and I guess not high maintenance. I'm not, I'm not high. Uh, I don't think high maintenance. I think I'm very anal retentive with, like I said, the mail and shit like that. You like it the way you but, want it. No, no, because here's the thing though. Like if I order, like I hate that. I don't make all these changes to my order. Yeah. You know, I'm not hold this, hold this at no. I'm like, I'm just, I'm not picky with that kind of stuff. Like the, like literally the only change I'd ever be like, is, can I substitute fries for that? That would be it. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't yeah. think I've ever, can I get like literally, but then my only thing I would ever do is like, unless there's cucumbers on something, <laughs> but then I just fucking order something else. Yeah. That's all. You're not high maintenance. No. And I think I'm probably more high maintenance than you at times with that type of thing. But even then it's not like I asked for things on the side and I, I just ask no cheese, no mayonnaise on a hamburger. You know, like, it's not like I want it. No cheese, no mayonnaise in a wrap. But can you put the lettuce and tomato in a separate wrapping on the side so that I can put it on myself? And that's high maintenance. Right. You know, I think I'm just maintenance. Not (laughs) Not low maintenance. maintenance. You would never order something that you have to put together yourself because that would take effort. I get fajitas sometimes. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, I can't say this too loudly, but... Uh, well, th- this is coming out after Christmas, but I got my wife though some a couple of those sizzling fajita like cast iron things. Oh, yeah, there you go. So wait a second, <laughs> fucking. So you got your wife a present to make you fajitas? Well, she Did likes them too. I mean, come oh, on, if I don't a, give her two, you're such a dick. I mean, <laughs> you're such a fucking dick. <laughs> I got my wife this thing to make me fajitas with. To make us fajitas with, and <laughs> us, and a, because she can have some too. Wow. <laughs> hey. All right. Well, that's, let me just say to your wife then, if, if you hear this, which you probably won't, because I know you don't like to listen to us, but Merry Christmas from your hubby. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a now the, a um, <laughs> I am. And I'll tell you what, I'm deep, and I'll tell you why. Um, I'm going to go with one more. This thing has so much. I have one more six-pack item in here I'm going to throw in. It's not a six-pack anymore. It's an eighteen pack. Well, we said twenty four pack on our rating, so That's you know whatever. You're I will give. Up, I'll give this movie one point for format. every. Jesus. So the six. Let me hit it. All right. So they're having their conversation about their respective exes, and what they miss about them. And she says about Joe, and this resonate. I figured this statement out, and I understood it so completely. She says, "I miss the idea of him." Yeah, And I understand so much what that means is what somebody idealizes. 
as to what they want something to be, as opposed to what the reality is of what they're getting. Right. That, that, that's why that hit me so hard. Even then, I think that I understood that, you know, you can give somebody um, something, the idea, something ideal and give them something else totally completely. And I think I understand that. You know, it's funny because, yeah, me too. Like I'm in the exact same boat. Like when we started doing this podcast, that's how I was. Yeah. (laughs) And now I'm like, yeah, reality is not what I thought it would be. (laughs) You missed the idea of a podcast. Exactly. But the reality is not what you expected. Right. (laughs) Well, you know, so if I wasn't here and you're by yourself, you wouldn't miss me. You wouldn't miss me. Actually, you just missed the idea of what you wanted to be here. No, I would just miss the editing. Oh wow, because that's your that's yeah. That tells you people what he does not do because he's not. I miss. Like I would that. miss you doing the editing and shit. That's the hardest part. <laughs> so that, that's this what is I the mean. easy part. That's what I would miss. It's like that's like doing the dishes. This is the this is the eating the Sunday. I have to clean the plates. Okay. Well, All right, see, so- hey, guess what? Just just think of me as your fajita plate. Okay. <laughs> you sizzle, baby. I, that's what I do. I will sizzle, but you got to do the work. <laughs> All right. How about you sizzle as you read this right. next section? <laughs> oh, so much is coming to light today. Okay. During a New Year's Eve party, uh, Harry and Sally find themselves attracted to each other. Even though they remain friends, they set each other up with their uh, respective best friends, Marie and Jess. When the four go to a restaurant, Marie and Jess quickly fall for each other and later become engaged. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was like. Yeah, I, I never. I'll, I think I'll get a cat. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go with you. And that was quick. Yeah, I never um, understood the. Why they set each other up with their friends. I mean, I guess they were trying to make it easy to hang out, but it's only because they had that whole Jack and Diane. Will they, won't they? Well. Energy, you know, I don't know. You know what I'm talking or not Jack, Sam and Diane, Sam and Diane from like cheers. Like they have yeah. that, will they, won't they energy this whole yeah. movie. That's kind of what it is. Lost and Rachel and like, yes. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to, it's that. great. Um, no, it's, uh, I don't, I know. I agree with you, Ross and Rachel. I'm not, I no, don't, I, I get it. I just Harry, don't watch it. Harry. I think it's Harry doesn't want to get involved with Sally. Do you think it's still that? Like it's him? I do at that point. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. He's yeah. scared too. And I think it's p- partly because, I mean, he's never oh, had yeah. a, a friend who's a woman. And then that's going to fuck no. that up. You know, so. Yeah, there's still stuff going on there that it's like, oh. Yeah. Wait, yeah, he still has some um, issues. But like you said, they run off really quickly. Like they're both so concerned about each other. But the when, when, uh, the Bruno Kirby guy, uh, I forget his name of his character. Jess. But when he goes to get the taxi, she's like, I'll come with you, Jess. I'll come with you. Hey, um, <laughs> it's like. Uh, yeah, I know. Just a helpful hint for you. If you forget his name, just, just read the notes, the notes that are right in front of right your Right in the fucking, fucking notes. Face. I know. Fucking. Right in front of your face. Because I just read it. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm bad people. It you know, sometimes it. Look, um, right I have great there, William Beeman. Of the New York Times. So oh, right there. And, and here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. It's also in this fact I'm going to read when we get to something else here in a little bit. <laughs> and I just saw it there, too. So uh, now here's the thing. They go to shop for them for a present. And 
they see the perfect present, in my opinion. Karaoke machine. Um, Harry points out the karaoke machine. Would you sing karaoke with me? Like, show tunes karaoke with me. I have. Chicks and decent duck. You've sang karaoke with me? Well, we did it on Guitar Hero or Rock Band. Oh, that's different. I wasn't show tunes. I was rocking out, and you were, like, playing guitar or something. No, then I was screaming. It white wasn't snake. like it wasn't like Badly you um, singing a duet with me. We, no, we weren't do like that. doing like love lifts us up where we no, belong. I would not do that. First of all, I can't sing. Second of all, I don't want to. <laughs> that's it. That's my list. <laughs> but um, so people, you if if we're ever out doing karaoke, you know who's not the life of the party. You know. Just say it. You're not the life of the party. And but that's where... That. Go ahead. I said I'm fine with that. Oh, oh, you're fine. I get it. Sorry, there's a delay. I see your head move, and then, then your words don't come through right away. So... <laughs> Anyways, but he does see... Um, what's interesting about that scene, which makes him all pissed off, is when they're doing the song, and he goes, eyes will pop. He looks up, and he sees his ex, which gets him in a really foul mood. Which his ex, let's give some credit here, when you see her and you realize, oh, that's the girl from Parenthood and Necessary Roughness, Helen. Yes, it is. The teacher from Necessary Roughness, that's so correct. The professor, and pardon me. Rick Moranis' wife in Parenthood. Yes. The one she's, who, uh, she's cute. He's the one in Parenthood that poked a hole in her diaphragm. <laughs> she's evil in everything she does. She's even kind of bad in Necessary Roughness. I mean, she goes... She what did she do? She dumped her boyfriend on the one night that he gets beat by the other guy. It's like I think I want that guy, and then dumps him and goes stalks the other guy. And then goes stalks him. She's not been a good. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I'm just saying, not a great character. But what I love is that later on we get into another one of my favorite scenes. Um, I'm gonna pop in here. Here we go. Give me your six pack again. Because fuck you, I got a twenty pack. This is a fucking keg at this point. You've used so many six packs. Yeah. Okay. So they get into the thing and they're, and the, and uh, Jess and Marie, remember their names, are unpacking uh, their shit and they're arguing over that fucking wagon wheel coffee table. Yep. <laughs> I love that wagon wheel coffee table. I, I like nice. it. <laughs> it's really kitsch, in my opinion. Like now that some people would like that, it would be like a, a weird focal point of a room. Would you use it? Would you use the wagon wheel coffee table? No, I, I'll tell you well, one, one of the biggest reasons I hate glass tops. Oh, uh, well, that is, that I is. Hate, hate, hate glass tops. No, it's funny. Because of the cleanliness of it. We go, it's, it's funny though, that, cause I'm like, we go to, um, rocking horse ranch. Yes. And I'm like, this would be something there. They probably have one there. Actually. They have one there. See, I'm sure they do, and it's it's good. It can be good in the right situation. I think that if he had sold that, he'd have made some money because that's a, a a unique piece, right? Like someone who, like, if you were to take that to like Arizona and sell it at a flea market, you'd probably get a few hundred bucks even back then because you're not going to find that very often. Different, and tastes. it would be in a place people where have, people want that decor. People have different tastes. Yeah, it's just in the wrong place. All right, so I want to go into this. Now, their house that they're in, there's a fact about that. Uh, The exterior shown of the townhouse block where Jess and Marie live is West 89th Street. It's also the very same Upper West Side block on which director, co-writer Nora Ephron later chose to shoot 
when she lo- located Meg Ryan, Kathleen Kelly's apartment there, and you've got mail. So it's in the same place as you've got mail. In real life, Efron and her husband, um, Goodfellas uh, author Nicholas, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Pelleggi, I think that's how you say it, lived just a few blocks away on 79th Street and Broadway in the historic Apthorpe apartment building. So you've got mail. Another movie we've done because yep. Nora Ephron, right? Right. And Meg Ryan. Um, so yeah, that's, that shows up twice for us. That's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, that, that's, uh, I just, you know, I like that fact. I like it when you see things and you, sometimes you notice it. Sometimes you're like watching a movie, like, have I seen that before? And then sometimes it just goes right by and you didn't realize well, that you just saw something the same time. Yeah. But twice with how many films they do in New York. Yeah. You're going to see the same shit a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. We were just watching, uh, yesterday I have a nephew over and um we turned on avengers was on was on stars or something and we turned it on and you know right down by grand central station you know how many things have been shot at grand central station right so seen it many times but it still makes my daughter giddy that she says i was right there yeah you know <laughs> so, i was there i was there i was there the whole time so she's, mm-hmm. um yes so uh uh do you have you, something else there's something else i want to uh when they were playing Pictionary. Oh yeah. Baby fish mouth. <laughs> baby, um, fish, baby fish mouth. Uh, this is just, I'm watching it. Julian, Sally's date. Yes. Watch that again. He looks like fucking Kirk cousins with shitty retro long hair. Oh, really does. I didn't even think of it. I watch just it watched again. it. So yeah. yeah. Watch it again and tell me that it's not. It's yeah. Like, that's fucking weird. Here's what I want to know. So now you're bringing that up. How much is Aunt Emily worth? Emily, the since she makes how many chocolate mousse cakes? Two thousand a day or 3, something 000, like that, or twenty thousand, three thousand a week. I don't know. Whatever it was, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of money. I'm sure she's making. You know, Harry. How he's how does well? I don't know. Somehow he gets all the ladies. Is it well, my turn to read this hey, time? Yes. We've already, we already know he's made a girl meow, so he must know what he's doing. <laughs> He's got skills. All right. Um, Yes, it is my turn to read, so I'm going to read this one. Sally tearfully tells Harry over the phone that her ex is getting married. He rushes to her apartment to comfort her, and in Sally's vulnerable state, one thing leads to another. Harry leaves the next morning feeling awkward and filled with regret. Their friendship cools until they have a heated argument at Jess and Marie's wedding dinner in which Sally angrily slaps Harry. He attempts to mend their friendship, but Sally feels that they cannot be friends so yes that so, is this is like the breaking everything down like every yeah. like our heroes have to fall well so i got a question when she's having her breakdown yes she's falling and i i don't know why i think it's kind of weird she's like i need a kleenex it's weird yeah. she calls it kleenex and doesn't say i need a tissue do you think that was an advertisement i don't that's what i don't, I don't know and she had a it? box or was it more? I think like, it was because the box said Kleenex on it that she had in her hand. I know, but is it one of those where like a lot of people would call a tissue a Kleenex? You know what I mean? You're right. It's like Coke. Like uh, everyone, right. call, yes. someplace they call everything a Coke. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So is that like they associate with that, and you call it a Kleenex instead of a tissue? I don't know. I think since it's a movie, everything is intentional and they probably got paid some money for her to say Kleenex and then be holding the box of Kleenexes on her lap using them. 
I'm just saying, I think that that movies are a little more. Yeah, they 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 know what they're doing with that. You know, you see a Dorito bag; it's not by accident. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Hey, you see I know. something in there every time I visit you. If I see a Dorito bag, I know it's not by accident. <laughs> it's called a, breakfast. That, you know that it was loved. It was well loved. It oh, was well yeah. loved. You know what's funny about this movie, and I just want to say this: um, when 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 they do all that, and they, he goes over there, and they talk about how old they are, he says they're only thirty-two. Bullshit. And you realize that they're older than we are; they're younger than we are now. Um, in this movie, but they still feel older than me when I watch the movie. Why is that? I don't understand why I have that weird. Like it still feels like they're older than me because were they older than me at the time? I don't know. Uh, older me, than what does, I am now at the time. Because I don't they still in that movie look older than I do. <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah. Meg Ryan does. I think Meg her Ryan. Thing. Oh, now she does. Still um, cute. Have you seen her since she got? The, oh yes, I have. Let's not go there. The Let's not done. go there. The work done. <laughs> um, no. Uh, no, I think it's just when you depending on how old you were when you first see it. Like that's how you associate it, and it, I, it, I don't think that changes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, you're right. That just that's where my memory is. Like because I saw it when I was that age, it's always going to be me at that age watching this movie. It's like watching Empire Records, and you still associate with being their age. Yeah, because that. it was my time. Right. Yeah, it was closer to my time. I get, I get it. Okay, they do the do, they do the deed. Is yeah. Harry an asshole for leaving so soon after for feeling the way is Harry an asshole for having his feelings the way he does? That's hard to say. I mean, he did not go over there intending to sleep with her. No, I agree. And I he did she, not. She kind of started that. Yeah, I would agree. She, uh, so, she kind of did, you know, but it's obvious she, but he knows but, how she feels about. Right. But, um, but it's that, but also like, is he an asshole either way? Because she is in a very emotional state and like, you could look at that. that yeah. She wasn't sleeping with him because just to sleep with him. And that was her focus. It was to take away from what she was dealing with. Is to get her out of that mindset and get her. in a different So one. it wasn't yeah. about him as it, it could have been anybody maybe standing, sitting there. Right. Not just Harry. It could have been Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been Carrie Fisher. That would have made an interesting movie. <laughs> this was a good movie already, but you're talking about hitting a home run even farther. <laughs> wow. So All right. Now, I got a couple comments, like, because there's a lot of montage after. The, go ahead. So, like, then do we change the movie to when Harry met Sally to when Sally scissored Marie? <laughs> I'm guessing that movie is out there. Oh, I'm sure you just it haven't is. looked hard enough. I'm sure it is. I'm just on the wrong <laughs> websites. Oh, so a um, couple things. Um, the when they're doing their thing and they're talking about it, they're taking a few weeks while they're they, after they do the little meeting where they say it's a mistake. One of the walks he goes on with uh, Jess and they're power walking and they're in those fucking spandex pants. I just can't unsee that. Do you think they did that for comedy or did they do it seriously thinking that was what they should have done? I'm, I'm thinking I hope that, it was comedy. I'm thinking a lot of people did that back then. Oh God. Spandex was the thing, but you're, 
but your wedding tackle would just pop out on that. And you'd be yours, walking. Yours, yours not so much. Maybe, but the point is, is, I don't want to look at yours. Well, then don't I don't want to look at yours either. <laughs> but you're wearing pants at guarantee. I'm going to fucking look. We'll see. Maybe, hey, maybe I'm wearing a cod piece too. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Check next time out my moose we'll... knuckle. Next, <laughs> next time I wear spandex. <laughs> you know what? I'll do Check that. Check out my moose knuckle, And bro. then I'm going to uh, do all the poses like that guy in the Hanes commercial. Have you seen that? Yeah. Have you seen the guy? Yeah, I've seen that. With the open shirt, doing all the, the stretching. I know the commercial, but I don't remember it. I'll do that oh. in his Oh, yeah. With my codpiece moose knuckle. Oh, gosh. Codpiece moose knuckle. <laughs> another <laughs> now, band I will name. say. There's another um, band name right there. They have the codpiece moose knuckle. You, If you use it, let us know. Now, you want now, a piece. That would be the opening uh, band. Not of the moose knuckle. For or the that would be the opening band for Carrie Fisher's Rolodex. Rolodex. The codpiece. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to make a band shirt just for that. Carrie Fisher's Rolodex. Yeah. Um, but with Sally, when they're at the wedding and she gets all angry, this is the second time. There are two times this movie they say fuck, and she says them both. The first time was outside of Jess and Marie's apartment when Harry has his little blow up with the wagon wheel table and shit. And the second one was when they when they're having the argument in the back in the kitchen, and and she says fuck twice, and that's what makes it a PG thirteen movie. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? She gets to say it twice. I mean, do you think that because it's a woman saying it, that the the how they rated the movie change? If a man would have said it, would it have been R if they said it twice? I don't. Do you know. wonder if sex comes into play there? I don't. You know, because back in the eighties, it makes you wonder what they. Thought, I don't you know. know. I oh, mean, it's a woman. It's so cute. I don't know. It's just funny even thinking yeah. back. It's even funny thinking about that, that saying fuck once or twice would change the rating so much where you can actually say it on television now. After 10 o'clock. It has a, right, you know, right. And, I'm just saying, yeah, it's like I still remember yeah, yeah. the first time I ever heard somebody say bitch on TV back in the 80s or 90s. I'm and you're like, like whoa, shit. Whoa, they're allowed to and say that. Ass. And it's like all of a sudden. And then like, they started saying ass. And, and then. Yeah. South Park came along with their yeah. shit episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, that's that's what it is. That's what it is. You're right. We we got surprised um uh, at one point with all that shit. The, now the I don't know what would surprise people now to happen on TV. I guess um nudity. Someone had to show like their tits. Yeah, or something. Cuz no, we get plenty I, of side boob. We don't get full frontal. I know. We don't get side cock though. <laughs> I don't know if I want that. I don't well, I, I'm not I've saying. Been, have you been looking for it? I'm not saying whether you want it or not, but I'm saying if we're going to be all about equality, we have side boob, you should be able to have side cock on TV. True. True. Or my favorite thing, I don't know if you've been seeing this going around lately, where people are sending out memes where a guy is naked and you see his nipples and a girl is naked. If her nipples are showing, it's. That's what causes the the thing to get banned on Instagram and stuff like that. Like, like, but a guy has the same nipples; they just don't happen to have all the flesh front of behind it. It's wow. like, no, I have come not on, seen man. that. First of all, uh. hey, and and maybe, and I'll say the reason. Here is what I want to say always about this, though: the the reason that that's not viewed equally is because one sex doesn't view it equally. <laughs> 
men look at those breasts and they just like it. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. Women look at a man's breast and couldn't care less. Women, That's women, the thing. Women look at a man's dick and could care less. So. Yeah, as I was saying, you know, that's why it's that's that's it's not that it's uh, the equality is an issue. It's the men that are the issue. <laughs> it's the, we're the problem. We know it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> now with Harry, um, when right they, now, we're yeah. sorry, we are the problem. <laughs> we know this. Yeah. This is this. This is the second podcast in a row. I've apologized. Um, cause last one, I apologize for, uh, uh, the breasts is, um, or in the, in the Dexter episode where she shows her breasts, Chloe shows her breasts. I, I apologize for my transgression in life, <laughs> but I did not go back and look twice. I did. <laughs> I didn't go back. You did. Oh, well, no, I, I, uh, <laughs> hold on. I technically did because I rewatched the episode before we did the podcast. Oh, I didn't get to see it the first time because I was with my wife and you totally can't go backwards on that. And then I was watching it on the couch next to my wife again, but I actually saw it in in real time, so I was good. So, uh, anyways, wait, you didn't uh, watch it again on your own? No, yet, yet. Who yet. knows? Okay. I could do a rewatch. Um, but I want to go on this, Harry. Now, after they um have their meltdown, is he a little too desperate with his calls? I mean, he's singing songs, and I mean, he's funny, he's charming. Yeah. But he just seemed real desperate, man. Like he was at the low point, and she really did shatter him. He misses his um, friend. Yeah. Well, hey, well that's the thing. Be, hold on, it's it's twofold here because he misses his friend, but he also just lost his other friend because he got married. That's true. And I have my next question here because men and women can't be friends. Did the sex part ultimately get in the way, like Harry said? Well, it did because then they're in love at the end. So yeah, it did. Well, it got in the way. It got in the way and they broke up and and that's what I'm saying, he was right. But, they couldn't just be friends. No, you here's the thing. And have sex. Right. They you, ended up having to be a, a married couple, right? If, yeah. Here's the thing, you either once you have sex, you are yes, you can't do the just friends thing cuz you tech you, your your title changes. You're either a couple or you're not I friends agree. anymore or you're fuck buddies. I like well, I like I'm just that. saying that's good. I could take that. It's it's, it's one of those that. at that okay. point. Um hey, I gotta say too, uh when all this is going on, I'm gonna give my last for my six pack, which I did correctly because I only gave three like you're supposed to. But I gotta give my other Did you give pack. a generic? I've not given a generic. Oh yeah, yet, at the no. beginning. I'm gonna give my six pack, oh, okay. my last six pack. All right. Okay, right now? Yeah. Stupid. Oh. <laughs> um to me, I'm just saying this might be a, a, a sappy one. I don't know, but I do love the part where they're um, they're in bed. Jess and Marie are in bed, and they they're on the phone with Harry and Sally on separate. Phones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end, you know, um, you will never have to be out there again. I like that part. <laughs> I don't even care. Oh just, yeah, but you know, in the '80s, it they treated. Uh, finding men and women and relationships like this war effort thing. Like I don't understand why it was must've was so hard on people. Then again, I've been married forever. So what would I know? So I wouldn't know what kind of effort it takes. Yeah. Because, well, it was different. You actually had to go physically meet somebody, you know, there was no Tinder. There was no Tinder back then or anything like that. It's so passive now. You had to go to singles bars or the grocery store. Or church, 
to meet women. I told my meet cute. I think I told my meet cute before we met as because we were in a performance together and she ended up becoming my dance partner. Yeah, that's why. So and the rest is history. So now at a 1987 New Year's Eve party ringing in 1988, Sally feels lonely without Harry by her side. Harry spends New Year's alone watching Dick Clark's 16th annual Rockin' New Year's Eve. Before midnight, he walks around the city, doesn't get mugged, surprisingly. As Sally decides to leave for the party before midnight, Harry appears and declares his love for her. She argues that the only reason he is there is that he is lonely, but he lists the many things he realized that he loves about her. They then have that special New Year's midnight kiss. Harry and Sally marry three months later, exactly 12 years and three months after their first meeting. Yes. Yes. Is, uh, I want to say that, do you think, because when this, I love this scene because when Harry's there, he starts walking around. Do you think it's one of the best montages, his memory montage? Uh, do you think it's one of the best uses of that ever? Because it really did take you on a tour of, all the memories and all the little things that bring you back into the relationship the same way. I right. thought it was one of the it best uses I've ever seen of that. It was good. It was really good. It was it's great. It's great. It's great, man. I want to tell you, I have another six pack here. Well, before that, we got, Oh, do you have one too? No. Well, no, go ahead. You go ahead first. I don't have another one. I, I told you, I gave the appropriate amount already. You've given like 13. I'm giving the inappropriate amount. So here we go. And I have it in here. If I'm allowed one more, <laughs> I would say um, the line he gives at the party. And I have a fact with that. And I'm going to give a couple facts on this because there's a couple times where people go out of character and do things. Um, if you watch closely at minute 29, Ryan laughs out of character and looks at Reiner off camera. Um, and he decided to keep that scene. Crystal also improvised much of the scene when he admits he loves Sally, including the line, when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Once again, Billy Crystal, I'm just going to say home run. It was, I love, and you even have a note here that she never says, I love you. But she actually ends yeah. with, I hate you. I love that. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you love, you hate you. It's, it's, um, she doesn't really hate him. She hates that. She loves him so much. She hates herself for loving him. Yes. She's Joan Jetting on him. And that's great. But no, that scene's great. There's not much to it really though. I mean, they they end up together. But Billy Crystal, I'm just gonna say he came up with probably the two most iconic lines in this movie. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, the you know, that's just crazy. And they you would think that the writer would be a little upset that those are the two most memorable scenes. Nah. Oh so. yeah. I mean, that's that's when you're actually making the movie, that's where stuff evolves and changes. So that's how, you know, I mean, I agree. I don't think if it hadn't been for the writer, they never would have got to that point. There wouldn't be all the material to, to lead you to coming up with those lines, all the backstory and everything. Okay. Um, you know, I got to say one funny thing about this movie too. It's really interesting. Um, it's one of those movies because the runtime on, it's like an hour 35, I think something like that. Yes. You always think of it as being such a longer movie than it is. Because it takes you on a long journey. Because yeah, it's like and like it's one of those where like if you catch bits and pieces of it or you sit down, it's on TV or something like that, and you see there's so many different layers and different sections of time to it. But if you think back like 
you would be like, yeah, it's like a two plus hour movie. You would think it's gotta be like two hours and change. Not at all, but it doesn't feel well, that. Yeah. I'm saying there's like, if you would think about like, if like, I'm saying like, if you had asked me like after watching it recently, like if you had asked me before that, how long is this? How long is it? I would have said like probably over two hours. Yeah. Just because it takes you because and not in a bad way. It's because you feel like you've gone through so much to get to the end. But I want to talk about that in the first draft of the script. This is a fact. Um, Harry and Sally didn't end up together. Efron felt that was the most realistic ending, realistic ending. But they but hey, this is the movies is what she said. <laughs> so, yeah, if they so don't end that. up together, this movie does not do what it did at the box office, I bet. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Uh, did you have any other scenes or anything you wanted? Do you have anything else you wanted to point out there? Because uh, I got one more thing to read. I got one as far as one scene that that um, we skipped over, and I have to do a in that act. section. No, just in general. Oh, okay. This one we glossed over. <clears throat> that. Okay, go ahead. I got it. I can do. It? I got to do it in an accent. And I'm not trying to do it. I, I have to. It's a shit. My shit. Is this accent. a generic? It's not generic. It's just <clears throat> I have to point this out. Is all. Go ahead. I sneak behind a tree. She looked very nice to me. Okay, I marry her. Oh, <laughs> like that is some <laughs> creepy, creepy shit right there. Okay, let me read this thing. Uh, the, the, let me read the thing. Okay, <laughs> and he just did this. The film contains several interlaced and interspersed segments where fictitious older married couples narrate to the camera their stories of how they met. The the last couple interviewed before the closing credits is Harry and Sally. And I just want to say, they say fictitious couples. Actually, they did a lot of interviews and got a lot of the stories the couple said from true stories. But the couples themselves on the show were actors saying the thing. So, yeah. so there was probably a little, they probably dre- dressed it up a little bit for the movie, but they're, they have some uh, truth to them some of the stories so um i will uh oh go ahead i was gonna say i was gonna say the i like what you were talking about where i go to the next village and if i see she does her laundry well i want to marry her (laughs) that's what he says man but 55 years later right or something like that so um, those those are to me some of those are great some of them are atrocious like the one where the guy is I went there with what's her name, but I didn't want her. I saw you and you're like, how would, why would you want to be with a guy who was came with someone else was so flippant. He would dump her right there at a funeral to go with you. I'm like, some of those stories are like crazy and they have to be real because only the craziest stories are real. Isn't that what Jess? Did you have something to say? Isn't that what Jess Marie did? Oh yeah. yeah, You're right. You're right. But not at a funeral at least. (laughs) Anyways, I got, I got one more um, thing. Um, another fact, that last scene that you see them doing their interview for the camera, um, Harry and Sally's final interview at the end of the film, it was completely improvised. So I thought that was I thought that was gold. It shows they both have this ability to improvise and be in their character in that space where they can, you know, make it happen. So there you go, Captain. And what else do you have? You You never said you're generic. I didn't, but you know what it is. I've told you this before. Well, let me hit the thing. All right. Generic is Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Because I cannot and still can't. Oh, 
but a good looking guy, a funny guy can be, can get a good looking girl though. A funny guy can get a good looking girl. I, I, I know this. And I'm just, I, I get it. I'm just saying, I still can't picture it. Cause first of all, even like, I'm just saying Billy Crystal looks older than Meg Ryan in the first place. He looked like he was 40 when he was in college in the beginning of the movie. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm with you. I get it, but, but it's still, um, you know, it's funny. Like, uh, is Meg Ryan to you? Like, is she to the nineties? What Reese Witherspoon was to the two thousands? Yeah. I mean, when you look at all the movies she did, although, yeah, I mean, but I don't think Reese Witherspoon did as much serious stuff. Like, she didn't do anything like Proof of no, Life or... No, 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 I'm just saying... Or Courage general, Under Fire. You're talking about the the cute girl next door um, rom-com. Oh, yeah, yeah. She had the... She had that thing. Like, yeah. like the approachable, had the awkward walk. Um, she looked like someone that you could go out with because, you know, she just... She wasn't, you know, she wasn't like a... a a Christy Brinkley type model, but at the same time, you know, she was just like you said, like it could be your next door neighbor. Like you said, yeah. I, I get that. I totally get that. She could be my next door neighbor and I'd be cool with that. If she was, there we go. I was going to say that. And that's it folks. That's it. Let's rate it. Um, we're going to rate this bitch up and uh, we're going to make it happen. Here we go. Most people look at Pretty Woman and say that is the rom-com that hooked them to rom-coms. Like, that's the one. But not me. This is the one that captured me. Like, I, um, this and another one that we did called Can't Buy Me Love, probably. It was witty and fun. Uh, you know, I'd never, I would say this is like one of the first adult movies that I watched and was like understood and, because I was, what, 13 at the time. So that's probably about the time where I start, you know, understanding what's going on, you know? What I love is that it gave us some of the most iconic scenes and arguments ever. Men and women can't be friends, high maintenance, faking orgasms. I mean, it's all in there. Uh, There's not much for me to tear down here. There really is. The biggest problem to me is my one generic scene, which just happens to be also my six pack. So I'm going to knock it one can for that and give it 23 cans. All right. I really do enjoy this movie. Like I said, I, it's still weird. Like I don't buy Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan together, but um, like I get it, but I don't. I don't know. Um, it's just it's a really good movie. There's a, a lot of funny parts. There's a, some great dialogue in it. It's got a little bit of everything. I like the whole strung out relationship that took twelve freaking years and three months to actually work <laughs> at the end. Um, it, it's a really solid movie, um, and I do enjoy it. And so I just flat out, I give it 19 cans. That's me now. All right. Let me tell you just one. Uh, um, I know you always ask, well, how, where's that put it with everything else? And give me some reference here. I'm not going to give you all that because I'm sick of doing it, but I will say something very interesting is you mentioned pretty woman. Yeah. I gave that 23 cans and you gave it 19 cans. <laughs> so, so these have the exact same score. Just flipped. Yes. <laughs> That is very, very interesting to me. Oh, my gosh. That is. Sadly, that's one of the most interesting <laughs> facts, I think, of this show ever. <laughs> Which ain't saying much. But. Well, yeah. 
So 21, and that's our average, 21. Just like Pretty Woman. All right. So that's it. That's pretty good. It's one of the better movies in our time, but he won't tell us how good. Anyway, so (laughs) I got some things I got to say here. Uh, We would like to thank you for listening. Remember, you can go to sodapopcultureclub.com for all things related to the show, including your chance to make movie suggestions and view our upcoming schedule. Now, here's Anthony with a little hint as to what next week, next week's movie may be. He broke his neck trying to suck his own dick. Yeah, Google that and you'll probably find out what it is. (laughs) As always, we would like to thank you for listening and tune in next week for more of the Soda Pop Culture Club. Until then, we'll miss you all as much as we miss Pudding Pops, Squeeze-Its, Skating Rinks, and Video Stores.